So uh, at the beginning of uh, chapter 12, uh, we uh, were uh, discussing, you know, what the Lord uh, has to say to us about fear. And, uh, you know, the, the fears of this world and fear of man versus fearing God. Um, and uh, last week, uh, sorry, on Wednesday, uh, we, we covered uh, the parable of a rich fool and uh, someone that, that had placed uh, his faith and trust in what he had and uh, not in the Lord. Uh, so we, we talked about the dangers of, of that. So, um, and, uh, and wrapped it up with, uh, with the worry with, uh, you know, um, uh, worries that can come into this, you know, into our lives and, and overtake us and, and bring us anxieties and those things. And that our faith and trust in the Lord is what carries us. And, uh, if we're trusting in anything other than him, the result is anxieties, fears, and those things because it's so easy for our eyes to turn away and 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 get swallowed up by a, a situation or uh, whatever it may be. Uh, but if we if we have our eyes, uh, you know, focused on Him, like it says in verse thirty-one, seeking the kingdom of God and all His uh, and uh, we know uh, His righteousness and all these things will be added. Uh, it, it, we don't we don't fear. It's the Lord's good pleasure to provide for us and, and to give uh, us the kingdom, which is awesome. Uh, you know, and, and that that uh, that fear and anxiety that can come from, you know, finances, you know, or, you know, trusting in finances rather than trusting in the Lord. We have finances because God provides them. They're not a bad thing. You know, it's, it's not money. That's the root of all evil. It's the love of money. That is the root of all evil. So. Uh, as we get into uh, continuing here in verse 35, just kind of wanted to do a recap that, you know, if the Lord is our treasure, uh, we're going to be all set. But when we get distracted by other things and we think that we're going to find fulfillment in anything other than the Lord, we're always going to end up empty. We're going to have a more anxieties and fears in our lives because we're focused on the wrong things. So uh, as we pick up, uh, we're, we're going to pick up right in in. Uh, in verse 35 says, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. So uh, just to start there, it's there's a uh, what the Lord is saying to uh, the disciples and and to the, the group that's there is be ready. That's the, that's what you know, your, your waist girded, you've got everything on, your lamp is ready. Uh, and it's setting a stage. Verse 36 says, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master." when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat, uh, sit down to eat and will come and serve them. Now, if you just, just looking those, we'll continue reading here in a minute. Uh, just realize in verse 37 as we're going through, think of the master coming and serving the servants. You know, that 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 reward that comes from them being faithful servants. So as we continue to read, just remember you know, how powerful that statement is. And uh, verse 38 says, And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what, hour the thief would come he would have watched and would not allow and and not allowed his house to be broken into therefore you also be ready for the son of man is coming 
at an hour you do not expect. So we'll break there. So what we're seeing here uh, is a focus on the Lord in our lives. That if we are that we are are seeking the Lord with our lives and we are ready, we're actively seeking Him and we're actively serving Him in our lives. We're not going to be found like a uh, a servant that's not waiting for his master to return. It's it's when we get distracted, when we when so many other things are more important to us than being in service to the Lord, whatever that service may be, whatever our ministry may be. And you heard me say several times, we don't all have the same gifts. We do not have all. I I've I've found that in sometimes in my uh, my my work, you know, that I've I've seen people come into a position that 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 somebody will say, you know, and they're in that position. Well, anybody can do this. It's just this, 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 and this. And then somebody gets into it and struggles mightily, and it's not a good fit for them. You know, there there may be ministries that we're not called to. You know, pray to the Lord and he'll reveal to us, you know, what that ministry is. But the important thing is that whatever ministry he's giving given to us, that we actually serve him, you know, in that ministry. It might be in prayer. Uh, it might be in song. It might be teaching. It might be custodial work. It uh, bless the hearts of those, as you heard me say, in the nursery. You know, that's a, a extreme. That's a that's a mighty gift that somebody's been given. Um, uh, very patient. Uh, you know, you see people in there that are very patient and uh, it's not for the faint of heart working in the nursery, but it is, it is most definitely a gift uh, that the Lord gives uh, a gift of service. So not being distracted by, you know, what would take us away from what we're supposed to be focusing on and that our lamps would be ready. You know, that, that oil filled in the lamp that, 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 uh, flame is burning, so it's not. Oh, oh wait, I'm, I'm caught without without the oil that I need. But the the lamp is full, and uh, there's um, never a, a worry that we're going to run out or uh, be in a spot like that. But when uh, what this does, as we're focusing on the Lord, it allows us to have a proper servant's heart. You know, when you look through the example that the Lord just gave us, that's a proper servant's heart. That, that they would be diligent to what whatever the Lord is called to, and that we would, when I say they, I mean we, that we would be diligent to what the Lord has called us to. Um, several different things. You know, the Lord, as, as believers, we can look through the Scripture. We're not only called to do our service here in the church or uh, at our, our work. Our, don't get me wrong. When I use those examples, those were inside the church. The Lord has most definitely given us ministries outside these walls. To, to minister. It might be running our own business and being a blessing to others and, and uh, sharing. Uh, it, it might be whatever it is, being faithful witnesses um, uh, by the way we're acting and how we're working when maybe a lot of people aren't. You know, I've, I've, I've heard stories, you know, of, you know, people that are getting frustrated at work saying, you know, I feel like sometimes I'm the only one or when people are slacking off on that, you know what, just be the reliable one. And when asked, someone asks, what's the difference? We can share, you know what, the Lord's given me this job and I need to be faithful, uh, faithful servant. So that, that, that faithful servant's heart is so important. Now, uh, as uh, this, uh, the scripture that we're, that we're covering progresses, we see uh, that the Lord is, is, is talking about, and, and he ends, you know, in verse 40 when he says, uh, therefore you, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour uh, that you do not expect. So uh, it's a preparation. It's 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 being ready. And uh, I'm going to read to you from First uh, Peter 
uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 13. It says, Gird up the, lo the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest in the hope. Excuse in, in your hope. And rest your hope. I, I, I didn't even full out, uh, fully write my own note. So here, so excuse me just for a minute. Oh, and rest your hope fully. Turning to it. I uh, when I start writing things, I get a little too excited, and I'll skip words. And uh, so I'm just going to go to First Peter, uh, chapter one, verse thirteen, and read it to you. Uh, at least I'm going to try to. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope uh, fully upon the grace that is uh, is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Gird up the loins of your mind, be sober. Now, obviously, you know when we think of be sober, we're talking about not being intoxicated, but be ready in our minds. Have a, a mind of sobriety that we are that we are prepared. Uh, it's a mindset. It's a focus on serving Him. Um, if we get to a point, it, it, you know, for somebody to, uh, and we're going to look further into into what the Lord is saying here, but to say that He isn't coming soon can uh, easily turn to laziness. Uh, it, it, we we can get lazy. Uh, we can get um, complacent, and we can get to a point where we're we're just you know not uh, where we should be. So, I uh, I also as I was kind of meditating on this is that uh, that mindset can draw us away from a mindset of serving Him out of gratitude and thankfulness. Um, and uh, if we have that mindful uh, for you know, out of gratitude and thankfulness, then. Um, we're not fearing his coming. You know, there, when there's fear of his coming, it, it, it's because there's something that we believe is off or, or that the Lord is speaking to us in our heart, that something, something's not right. You know, the recipe that we're, we're trying to bake with is just not right. I, uh, um, I want, yeah, I'll share my, my youngest daughter, you know, she'll, she loves to bake. She loves to do things, but sometimes she won't slow down and read the instructions, you know, exactly right. And uh, we'll usually end up with something with instead of tea, two teaspoons of salt or whatever, we'll get two tablespoons of salt. You know, those types of things, right? When, when we're just, uh, you know, not you – know, when things aren't balanced right, we can usually tell pretty quick. You know, it takes a one, one bite of whatever was being cooked. You're like, oh, hey, this is great. This is great. Need some water right now, right? But so, so that that whatever ingredients we have going on in our life, uh, you know, those those things are gonna, we're going to see that something's off, and, and it's and and the the product that comes from that is is going to be, um, ready. It's going to be um, obvious to us. So remember, I work nights. I got off of work at three o'clock this morning, so <laughs> I'm just trying to trying to stay focused here, and that's why I do have coffee here. So um, I, I just have a note here, um, and it, sometimes when I write these notes, they're to to me. Uh, so don't feel like I'm just speaking to you. But I said, don't make your focus on faking busyness, uh, but genuine, genuinely looking forward to communion and fellowship with the Lord. Uh, that you know, as I'm going through here, the Lord is speaking to me, and uh, and I relay to you what the Lord has spoken to, uh, to me. It's that, that busyness, that faking a busyness can be, but if, if we're not having that proper time with the Lord and we're not, we're not in the word, we're not in prayer and those things, and we're just going about like a Mary, uh, and we're not taking, uh, sorry, uh, like a Martha, 
uh, and we're not taking the, the time like a Mary and sitting at the Lord's feet and being with him, uh, then then those are, are things that can uh, can be off for us. So uh, just understand that the Lord desires to be with us. He wants that time with us because that's how he's going to minister. That's how we can be filled up uh, as we, uh, you know, are progressing through, uh, you know, our time and uh, here on this earth. But that that being diligent, uh, verse 40 says, Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Then Peter asked him, Lord, do you speak this parable only to us or to all people? So uh, another reminder of of diligence that that is needed in our lives. Uh, Second Peter, if you wouldn't mind uh, turning with me, second Peter chapter three. Second Peter chapter three. If you take a hard right, it's uh, right after James and before first John. I turn to first Peter. Lord, help me, please. So uh, verse nine, the Lord is not uh, actually I want to back up a little bit there. I know my notes is uh, verse nine. Verse eight says, but beloved, do not forget this one thing that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The day, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away in a, with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening the day, uh, the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be uh, dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found in him in peace without spot and blameless. That's, you know, our, our focus is understanding the, the end point. You know, the Lord is saying, hey, be, be ready. Be sober-minded, and and when we look at here and we understand, you know what's going on here—that we're just we're not just here to live, breathe, eat, go to work, and then some uh, somehow uh, hopefully enjoy some sort sort of retirement and then die and go on. We we are about uh, to be about His work. We have to be diligent about what He's given us and uh, to serve Him in, in all things and. Uh, you know, when we realize uh, in in uh, the circumstances of, of our life, or um, you know, our desires may want to convince us that the that the Lord, people say, you know, and, and don't don't give in to this uh, lie, and don't don't let it you know, penetrate your mind or heart. 
that, oh, well, you know what? The Lord said this 2,000 years ago. And people have been saying he's coming back. And, oh, you know, how many reasons he's coming back in this year? And, you know, he's coming back this time. I remember 1999. Uh, you know, you guys remember 19, Y2K, right? Sorry if I've already shared this before. But uh, Jen and I were uh, newly married. We were like, uh, we were less than two months married. Uh, we got married in uh, uh, November of, of 99. And I remember uh, we were at church uh New Year's Eve, and nobody had an idea what was going on. You know what I mean? It was December 31st, and we're here on Y2K. Is your computer Y2K compliant, right? Everybody's all, all worried about these things, and and I'm six. We were six hours uh, ahead of uh, you know Eastern time here over there, and when you know the clock went over, we're all just kind of like waiting around. You know, I think everybody was okay because you know we're hanging out at church, but you're just like, so is, is everything going to go black? And are you know is, is and everything was fine, right? But we, that's an hour you're expecting, and the readiness, you know, people, you're you're more ready when you think it's going to happen. And the and the Lord saying, we don't know when it's it just just live a life of diligent service to Him, seeking Him, and we're never going to have to fear or never worry about, you know, is the Lord coming? Is the Lord coming? You know, when He's saying, you know, like I said, when when we're back in Luke chapter twelve, and I kind of pointed out verse thirty seven. It was that that assuredly I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down and eat and will come and and serve them. That's that's an amazing thing to think think of a master serving. I mean, remember Peter, you know, Peter saying, "Lord, you should never wash my feet." Right? That 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 the Lord will bless us for serving uh, for serving Him. That our reward is going to be, uh, you know, He's going to bless us. You know. When we're in heaven with him, we're never going to look back and go, oh, I'm so bummed out that I served him. You know, we're going to be blessed and and knowing that that he's blessing us for you know what we've done in service to here. Not that that saves us. We're not saved by our works, but we're blessed for our works and what we do here. So it is important for us to have a, a proper mindset. So always looking forward, always being diligent in the service that he has for us. Hopefully, I'm making some sense here. So Peter is sharing this, and Peter, if you if you remember, we read verse 41. He's the one that was asking the question, and he's passing along the importance. So as we just read in in uh, the, the the scripture here in in Second uh, Peter, you know that's he's the same guy telling everybody, you know, hey, I received this lesson, and I, here's what I have to say about it. We don't know when he's coming. Just be ready. Be ready. That's it's uh, uh you know blessed to know that that. That Peter uh, grew, you know. We know uh, that there are times then that we can come to church and 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 be in the scripture and and uh, that may not stand out like a, another Sunday or Wednesday service or whatever. There, you we remember certain things. That was one that stuck out to Peter was, oh, I remember this, and obviously the Holy Spirit laying it on his heart. But just important, it was a milestone for him, and he's sharing it to, uh, for us. So we're uh, just blessed by that. Uh, back in Luke chapter 12, verse 42. And the Lord said, Who then is a faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find doing so when he comes. Truly, I say to you that he will make him a ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying, 
his coming and begins to beat male and female servants and to eat and drink and be drunk, that master, the master of that servant will come on a day when he's not looking for him at an hour when he is not aware and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. So, uh, But uh, he who did not know yet committed uh, things deserving of stripes uh, shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given, from uh, him much will be required, and to whom uh, much is committed of him they will ask the more. So reading through here, we see uh, the, the reward for the faithful servant. And uh, on the other side of that coin is the punishment for the unfaithful servant. And uh, as I was just kind of meditating on those, I, I, I was praying just like, you know, Lord, you know, what would you have me to speak? And um, Joseph is always one that comes to mind for me uh, because we can read of the circumstances in Joseph's life of being uh, being loved by his father so much that his, his brothers hated him and uh, familiar with the story, gets sold into slavery. I mean, that's awful. You know, they, they were going to kill him. One of them steps up and says, hey, you know, why don't we just sell him and, and make some money? So they do that. And uh, Jacob's in, uh, sorry, Joseph's in a, a, a very bad place. And uh, But he's exactly what we find out at the end of the story, exactly where the Lord put him. And uh, but if uh, I'm, I'm going to turn to uh, actually, if you would, too, with me, I'm uh, sorry, I don't mean for you to have to do too much for um, uh, Bible gymnastics this morning. But if you could turn with me to uh, Genesis chapter 39, first book of the first book of the book. So, as I said, Joseph had been sold into slavery, and um, he's uh, he's at a point here that uh, you know, no doubt, you know, trying to figure out what just happened to me, where am I, where am I going, what's going on, and um, and uh, verse thirty nine uh, just picks up. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him. Uh, so I bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph. That's the important thing to remember throughout all of everything that happens in Joseph, Joseph's life since he was mentioned and all the way through the end of it, the Lord was with Joseph. Verse 2 uh, continuing says, And he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him an overseer of his house, and all that he had uh, he put under his authority. So it was from that time he made him over, uh, made him overseer in his house, and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house uh, and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was a handsome man in form and appearance. So 
he trusted Joseph, a slave. So he bought Joseph as a servant to be a slave in the household. And then because the Lord was with him, the Lord promoted him on up so high that Potiphar, a captain of the guard, had no idea what he had in his house except for what was placed before him. That is a diligent servant. That is somebody who, in, in the darkest of circumstances, chose to seek the Lord and to follow the Lord, and everything that he did was blessed. And it not only blessed him, it blessed his master. It blessed, you know, so as a, uh, as a hired person, as many of us work for other people, that should uh, encourage us that in our places of work that we should be good servants. Or, you know, we can, I know some of you guys are, are self-employed. Uh, those people that hire us to go work at their homes, you know, we, we're, we're being paid to provide services. You know, those, those types of things are uh, things that we, you know, have to realize and, and to be diligent and to be uh, good servants. And, and we're not only going to be blessed in our lives, we're going to bless others. Uh, and, and then the Lord's going to continue to, uh, to, you know, to just continue to build us. And so verse 9 says, there was no one greater in the house than I. So, sorry, I'm, I'm skipping over what happens here. So, uh, familiar with the story? I, I know, I, I think all of you well enough, and they've been here long enough that that uh, that what happens here is Potiphar's wife, uh, Potiphar is a eunuch. So uh, she notices, hey, there's a good-looking young man, and you know, look what's happening here. She tries to seduce him, and his response to that is, uh, verse nine says. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he, his master, kept back anything from me but, but you because you were his wife. How then can I do uh, this great wickedness and sin against God? His heart was diligent to his relationship with the Lord. He didn't say so that I would sin against Potiphar. He did say, he, he's implying that, but his, his words are that I would sin against God, that it would be a sin against you know the Lord and what he's given me and the ministry he's given me. That I would betray uh, the Lord and and you know seek uh, you know any fleshly desire that might be there uh, on his part or obviously on on her part at this point. Uh, if you would turn with me to uh, verse twenty one, another reminder here. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. So we see what happens here is that she frames him, and that that wasn't a good enough answer. So. Then when we get to verse 21, and, and uh, looking here, the context is he got framed. And uh, rather than kill him, I think Potiphar knew something was up and said, you know what, I'm just going to throw him into prison And uh, uh, versus, versus kill him. And verse 21 says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. So he's in prison, and now he's finding favor in that master's eyes. So... As as uh, he just continues to seek the Lord and 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 do whatever he can he's called to do uh, to the best of his ability, the Lord is to, is providing for him, taking care of him, and it's blessing another now another person in front of him. Uh, verse twenty two says, "And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph uh, to Joseph's hand all that the all of the prisoners who were in the prison, whatever they did there, it was his doing." The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Faithful servant, diligent servant, just seeking the Lord and being 
being uh, put in another position uh, that the Lord is going to use him uh, not only to, uh, you know, obviously more of a blessing for him, but uh, to bless others. Uh, moving forward, if you would uh, um, turn to uh, chapter 41. Uh, for me, you know, it should just it might be on that, that same page. Verse 1, it says, uh, so... Uh, Joseph's in prison, and while he's in prison, uh, there's uh, a, the Pharaoh has a dream, and you guys are familiar with this. Nobody can figure it out. All the fakes can't can't figure it out. And uh, what ends up happening is uh, Joseph. You look at verse uh, one of forty-one. Says then it came to pass at the, at the end of two full years, two full years. That's a lot of diligence. Two years in a prison for a crime he didn't commit. Two years. Now, that's not prison with cable TV, right? That's not prison with, hey, you know, I got my comfy you know, pillow here and, you know, all these things and, you know, got, you know, all the amenities that somebody may have here. That's, in, you know, Egyptian prison, not good. Uh, he, he's not loving life. He's there for two years. The Lord is blessing him, though. So uh, he's there for two years. That's a, that's a long time to be there for, for something you didn't commit. Verse 16. So as I'm going through, uh, a summary of what's happening here is the Lord is using uh, Joseph to uh, to minister now to Pharaoh. So there was first Potiphar that bought him from the Ishmaelites. Then uh, there's the the keeper of the of the prison that uh, that he has been a blessing to and and been uh, one that can be entrusted. Then he's in prison for two years. He's able to uh, tell uh, Potiphar uh, what his dream was because of uh, what happens, uh, how the Lord reveals it to him. So if you look at verse 16 of chapter 41, it says, So Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. So there's this disturbing uh, dream that he has. And this dream is... Uh, you know, concerning him, and it's concerning uh, the baker and uh, the butler. And uh, nobody can figure it out. Nobody can figure out what's going on here. But the Lord reveals it once again to the diligent, faithful servant. And so he's already been promoted in Potiphar's house. He's been promoted in the prison, and now he's front of the in front of the most powerful man in the world. And uh, his, his uh, diligent service to the Lord... Uh, is blessed. And in verse uh, 37, reading through, we can see Joseph's rise of power. Uh, so the advice was good, verse 37, uh, in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house and over all my people, uh, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, and he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he had uh, him ride in the second chariot, uh, which he had, and they cried out before him, bow the knee. So he set him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without you 
Without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in the land of Egypt. A diligent servant was used by the Lord to minister to Potiphar and, and brought into prison so that he would be where he needed to be to interpret the dream so that he would be brought in front of Pharaoh and uh, and then be shown as a uh, as a man that's uh, connected to the Lord, a faithful and diligent servant that can be trusted and put in second in command over all of Egypt after being sold into slavery by his brothers years before. The Lord can and will use us if we're faithful and diligent servants, those that are watching and waiting for him. You know, in our day, we're not under the, the rule of, of, of Pharaoh and, you know, we're not in Egypt. But we can have an impact in whatever we do if we, if our hearts and if we have a servant heart to serve the Lord and to do do everything as unto the Lord, he's going to bless us in whatever we do. There's another side to this coin that we talked about of, of one that is not faithful. And uh, when we, uh, looking back at, at chapter 12 of, of Luke, if you uh, uh, don't have it there, if you can turn back. The Lord uh, starts in verse 45, and he says, But if that servant says in his heart, my master's delaying. And then it goes on to describe that he starts beating other people, and he's you know just kind of sitting back. Uh, the, the master of that servant will come on a day when he's not looking for him, and an hour in which uh, he's not aware, and, and will cut him in two. I, those things that we see are cut him in two, and... Um, that they'll be that they'll be uh, beaten with many stripes for those who knew better and those who didn't know better and still did did wrong. They're going to be beaten with with fewer stripes. Now, don't let that be a reason to not dive into a relationship with the Lord. I've heard several people and it's such a foolish thing is like, well, if I didn't know, then I'm not really wrong. So don't tell me. Right. You know, that that mindset of, you know, I don't want the accountability, so I don't want to know. That's a foolish thing. That's a foolish heart. That's not a faithful servant heart. Of you know what I I want to know just enough I need uh, that I need to know that that uh, you know I can I can get by I I feel like I've got my saved card in my pocket and I'm good to go but I don't really want to go any further than that you know I don't need to know anymore uh, you know I I prayed the prayer you know once when I was nine and that's uh, you know just about what I need got baptized I'm I'm good to go and and it's that that laziness that can be in our heart to 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 just say you know what I just want to sit back. I just want to uh, just be of a mindset that I want to do what I want so that I can be comfortable or I can have the things that I need, I think I need in my life. And, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's that mindset that we can uh, just uh, try to uh, try to just not know. Uh, you know, if I don't know, I can't be held accountable to it. No, no, we should know um, because uh, the Lord wants to bless us and and uh, our fulfillments in him. We read that earlier in the chapter. So. Uh, to whom much is given, much will be required, and it's that accountability. And the last thing we're going to look at is First um, Samuel 15. So here's your last handspring in our gymnastics. The um, First Samuel chapter 15, all the way back uh, in the Old Testament. First Samuel chapter 15, uh, probably familiar with what's happening here, but uh, the Lord had uh, instructed Saul uh, to utterly destroy the Amalekites. And uh, Saul listens to what he wants of that 
that command, uh, but doesn't listen to all of it. And what he ends up uh, doing is uh, killing most of everybody, saving Agag, and uh, keeping what is best for himself. He was supposed to destroy everything. That's what he was supposed to do, and he didn't. And uh, he he's rejected. And what ends up happening for him is he's going to be stripped of his kingdom, and, uh, and and things don't end well for Saul. You know, if you if you fast forward through, so but he's he's in a point where he he's told that he was supposed to do something and he doesn't do it. And if you you end up reading through the whole chapter uh, of of fifteen, you'll understand this a little bit better. But verse verse ten is is describing. Uh, you know, the subtitle I have in my Bible just says Saul rejected as king. And uh, it starts uh, with uh, the Lord telling Samuel that he regrets uh, placing uh, Saul where it was, where he was and, and that he turned his back from following him and, uh, and, and he wasn't performing God's commandments. If you look at verse 11, he was not. So we can look at Joseph and the situation he was in. And understand that he was diligent to serve the Lord, and the Lord was blessing him and uh, and all that he did. And then you look at at, at Saul, who's put in a, a prominent position of you know king of uh, the the you know children of Israel. So he's there, and uh, he's not obeying. He started out, but what happens is, is he got too big in his own eyes, and and uh, he started out at a. Uh, if you look at verse seventeen. Uh, so uh, I got to back up just a little bit. Samuel comes to confront Saul, and uh, when he comes to confront Saul, it's not good news for him. It's you're you're going to lose everything, and everything's done. Verse seventeen. So Samuel said, uh, "When you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king of Israel? Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners.'" the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission which the Lord sent me and brought back Agag, the king of the Amalekites. Uh, I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites, but the people took so he's starting to push the blame. But the people took the plunder, sheep and oxen, uh, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed uh, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So what he's saying here is, hey, it's not what you, not what it looks like. You know, I, I killed everybody else. I didn't, uh, I didn't kill Agag because you know, he's the king, and, and it was the people's fault. Okay, well, who's in charge of the people? That accountability. Uh, who's in charge of the people? And what he's trying to do is say, well, we really brought him back to to, to sacrifice to the Lord, and that wasn't the case. So uh, Solomon, uh, so, uh, sorry, so Samuel uh, said, verse twenty-two: Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed rather than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as, as the sin of witchcraft; for stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Things go bad after that. Things go bad. And and where where you look at uh, back in Luke chapter 12, it says that he starts beating uh, and uh, the, the servants and 
just being lazy and those things. His heart now um, becomes uh, so wicked that he's uh, that we see here. His heart had departed, departed from the Lord. He didn't obey the Lord, and now he wants he has a heart full of uh, a hatred toward David and wants to try you know try to kill pin him to the wall with a, a spear, and he's trying to kill David. He's on a mission. He's got everybody behind him. He's chasing David. You know those things. It's it's much was given to him, like we read in, in Luke chapter 12. Much was given to him and much was required of him. And he was found that he was an unfaithful servant. And look what happened to him. What happens to him is, is he's stripped of his kingdom. You know, So we have two biblical examples here that we can look at. One that's a diligent servant and does as the Lord says and is blessed. And not only blessed, but the Lord used Joseph to save the children of Israel. I mean, wow. I, we just, I don't know about you guys, but you know, at the end of my life, I want to look back at my life and go, okay, well, how did the Lord use me? What did he teach me? And, you know, did I, did I use my time wisely? You know, those, I want to be able to look back and go, you know, hopefully I made it a good impact on, you know, on my wife and on my children and that they're all, uh, you know, good and their relationships are strong with the Lord and whatever ministry he had. I mean, this guy was used to save the children of Israel from uh, famine. And then, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're brought out of, uh, you know, a famine. People are starving to death. And the Lord brings them into, into Egypt. And we, we know that they, um, uh, they're there for quite a while because the pharaohs are, are wicked. And, and, but they're brought there for 400 years and, uh, for, uh, in slavery. And, and then they're delivered. So uh, the Lord brought them and uh, used the faithful servant to not only bless him, bless whoever he's serving, and bless those around him. Saul is put in the police. So there's, there's the, like, you can take that whole thing and flip it right upside down. Saul started from, from the humility, went up and uh, was the king, and then was stripped, stripped of his kingdom. You know, there, there's, there's, you know, really two options. There's to serve the Lord and uh, to serve ourselves. Uh, and it, when we start serving ourselves, we start abusing those around us. It may not be physically. It might just be from neglect. It might be from whatever it may be. But we're not being the blessing that we should be if our hearts aren't right toward the Lord. So uh, the encouragement today is to, to, for us to be faithful servants of the Lord. Not only are we going to experience the fulfillment of being with the Lord and that communion with the Lord that we read earlier uh, in the first part of the, the scripture that we covered, and experiencing his blessing, but we also don't have to worry about the the punishment that comes from just being lazy and being selfish and sinful. You know, I would much rather uh, experience the blessing of the Lord rather than you know his his uh, you know the punishment that can come from uh, just being disobedient. So I hope that's an encouragement to us all. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, stand with me and we'll pray. Father, help us to to serve you out of love and, and gratitude and to always be looking to you and to your return. Father, there's, uh, there's much for us to do here. We can, we can just look around. We don't even have to turn on the news. We can just look around us. There's much for us to do. Help us to be faithful servants that in our hearts, first of all, that we are about serving you and knowing you and loving you and pleasing you, Lord, that we would be pleasing, that, that you would find our hearts ready. 
And God, that we would, uh, as a result of having our hearts ready, uh, bless those around us and point them toward you. We thank you for using us after saving us, Lord. Pray that you continue to. Bless us now as we go about the rest of the day and into the week. Be with us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.